The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound like a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just in time for Lent. I have started reading a new book called On the Road with St. Augustine, A Real-World Spirituality for Restless Hearts by James Smith. St. Augustine is one of my favorite church figures. He was the bishop in North Africa in the fourth century during the Roman Empire. He was a prolific preacher and gifted theologian, but his most beloved work was his very personal spiritual autobiography called The Confessions, in which he tells the story of his growing up, rejecting his mother's Christian faith, looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places, and then at last converting to Christianity. It is a story that is enduring and compelling after all these years because it is so very human. And in his book, Smith explores the ways in which Augustine's faith journey can inform and enlighten our own. At the heart of it is a quote from Augustine who famous, famously said, O God, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. What Augustine knew well firsthand is that we humans have restless hearts full of longing which can only be truly satisfied by God. However, we spend much of our lives chasing after other things 
that we think will bring us rest, peace, satisfaction, or relief, but never do. It was true in 4th century North Africa, and it is still true of our human condition in the 21st century. And today, our hearts are so very restless and so very anxious in ways that Augustine could have never imagined. Our attention economy is predicated on keeping us restless for the next social media post or the next breaking news story or the next new product that promises to transform and save us. We are conditioned to be on the lookout for the next thing and the next and the next. But it turns out that having more information and more ways to get it or having more things doesn't actually make us calmer and more satisfied. It always leaves us wanting more. Smith writes, Insofar as I keep choosing to try to find my satisfaction in the finite created things, whether it's sex or adoration or beauty or power, I'm going to be caught in a cycle where I'm more and more disappointed in those things and more and more dependent on those things. I keep choosing things with diminishing returns. This is the catch-22 of our human condition. These things never ultimately satisfy. Only God can do that. And so they will always leave us wanting more and more and more. As Smith says of St. Augustine, the freedom he chased when he was young, he realized, was a chain in disguise. To put it another way, Augustine once said that sin is basically misdirected desire. That at our core, as people made in the image of God, we have this innate and deep desire for God, but it gets expressed and met in all kinds of other misdirected ways. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Today, we bring these restless, unsettled hearts to the season of Lent. Lent is a practice Christians have used for centuries to recalibrate our attention desires, and hearts towards God in these 40 days. We remember our mortality. We give things up or take things in, on in order to focus on our relationship with God. We find rest and renewed purpose in this container of time to find our true desire for God and at the end of this journey to discover new life and resurrection at Easter. It's worth noting about our Lenten disciplines that sometimes they too can become ends in themselves, whether we are giving up sweets or taking up a daily devotional practice. Our Lenten practices, including the ones that we heard about in our readings for today, are only reminders and guideposts pointing us to God, to our true home, to our true heart's desire. They themselves are not the point, for they ought to be pointing us toward God. And so I want to invite you on this Ash Wednesday first to recognize your own restlessness. Where does it live in you? How does it express itself? Where might it come from? What fuels it? Second, what are the unhelpful ways that you are seeking to meet, mollify, or perhaps avoid it? Where do you keep looking for the cure to your restlessness. And third and finally, 
how can you point that restlessness and desire toward God? A lot of my sabbatical experience last summer was about this very thing. It took me four days and about 80 miles walking on the Camino de Santiago to finally begin to walk out my restlessness. And when I did, I met God at the foot of the pilgrim cross. Unplugging from my phone was more than just avoiding the dangers of social media. It was refusing to participate in a system and lifestyle that demands and insists and profits from my restlessness. It was about trying to be less distracted and more present to my life and family and to God, to come back to the things and ultimately the one that bring real satisfaction, gratitude, and peace. And then, of course, I came home and got busy and forgot about all of it. So I keep trying and trying again. And over the last 10 days or so, I've been trying to do a little yoga and meditation each day. It's not pretty, but I do it. As a way to ground myself, to recollect my scattered thoughts and emotions and attention, to remember that what I'm looking for is already right here, that God is already right here. Being human is not easy. We are infinitely complex and complicated. As St. Paul wrote to the Romans, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. We have all been there. So today, this Lent, invites you to recognize your restlessness, examine how you are trying to meet it, and redirect that restlessness toward God. And that third part, well, that's the trick, isn't it? How exactly does one do that? Being here tonight is a great place to start, and being intentional in this Lenten journey will help. But ultimately, we have to trust that God will bless our wish, desire, and our attempts, however imperfect, to redirect our restless hearts toward God. And in this, I'm reminded by a prayer from Thomas Merton, with which I'll close. He prayed this, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me, I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope I have that desire in all I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I, may not, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen.